start date 58496.1. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kind of funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I'm your project swing by Captain Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen tonight, we have Clyde Haynes. Let's stop this pomp and get to it. Stop the pomp, get to the pod. Uh, Paul is off tonight, but he will be back with us next week uh, to cover uh, the dual finale of Lower Decks and the re-premiere of Prodigy. But tonight, tonight, Clyde and I will be discussing the ninth episode of this third season of Lower Decks, Trusted Sources. Hey, uh, I just want to say to that, Mariah. Yes. After seeing this episode, I'm very interested in, in the finale. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I really think that I'm not. I'm, I'm gonna stop playing. I know that Prodigy is hot, hot so commodity. It is. It's a hot commodity. So, like, buckle up. Two Next week's gonna be a ride. It's it's gonna be amazing. So if if you're here, like we we you're listening. We, we're, ha- we're happy that you're here to this today for this episode. But next week, I'm saying, don't show up having just watched Lower Decks. Watch them both. It's going to be time. We got to talk about both of them. It's going to yes. be great. Uh, just a couple of reminders before we jump into our coverage tonight. You can listen and subscribe to the audio version of this podcast by visiting Apple, Spotify. If you want to watch us, you can watch it on YouTube as well. You can see our bright, shiny, beautiful faces. Uh, all the links to that and more are available at StarTrekPod.co. And if you like this content that we are providing and you want to hang out with us uh, during the week, specifically if you want to hang out with the folks that interact in the chat, I feel like that's our core good group during the live stream. They're hanging out over at our Patreon Slack channel for just $2 per episode of the podcast, not of Star Trek, $2 per episode of this podcast. You can join us at patreon.com slash Star Trek pod. Clyde, how can people interact with us if they're hanging out with us in the live stream this evening? Hey, if you're hanging out with us and you want to comment, you got a question, you want to share something, just type capital P, capital O, capital T, capital pod, and then your comment, and we'll take a look at that. Now, in a moment, we're going to talk about something. You know what it is. And when you're ready, you want to share that special thing with us, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the pod, and we'll take a look at it yours. Yes. Core. Correct. All right. I think it's time to get some synthol and have a syntha good time this evening with trusted sources. Uh, this episode was directed by Phil Mark Sagadraka uh, and written by M Ben M Waller. Um, and I think Clyde, I think it's that special time of the evening where we got to get into some hot freaks. Hot freaks! I realize y'all can't see Clyde and I dance to like all of these little bumpers that we put mm-hmm. up, by the way. So there's just like little versions of us down at the bottom of our screens. We're just jamming you're, up too. You're telling the secret. The <laughs> secret is like, if you're not paying attention, I'm always dancing. Like if there's music on, I'm always like, I'm like always dancing in the background. So not you're telling them my secret. Yes, we're, we are dancing to the bumpers. We're dancing. We hang out to the bumpers. All right, Clyde, what was your hot break? Thoughts, feelings? <sighs> You know, I like this episode. Um, there, it was it, it was interesting. It definitely it it didn't have the gravitas of a penultimate episode, um, but it did lean me into. You definitely want to tune in next week. 
Um, I, I thought that I love the TNG throwback. And so this whole idea of the swing by was interesting. Um, you know, we're back to discussing the relevance of the California class. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it, it just feels like in this whole, like, I don't know, this subterfuge, this let's tell you about the Texas class, you know, unmanned spaceship, right? That again, the it's almost as though Starfleet looks at this, the California class is like this infinitesimal barnacle on the side of the great federation ship like it's this Mm -hmm. thing that they have that when anyone's looking they've got to scrape it off and polish what what the really the what the federation really looks like that bothers me um i thought we've come a long way from like really validating that freeman and her crew is actually a really good crew and here we are again we've got a reporter who's by and large throwing shade at at the crew um so i kind of was hoping that um i thought we i was hoping we'd move a little further along from that yeah i could see i could see that i i feel like the california class ships it's interesting you say like a barnacle i think of them almost as like you know the um fish that like hang out on the sides of sharks you know but they have like a purpose they're like eating the like bacteria and like all of the stuff that you need like removed from like this impressive huge piece of you know species in the ocean um i i think of california classes in that kind of way which i can see how other people think like oh that's an unnecessary piece of the puzzle but we know we know it's yes. a necessary piece of the puzzle right and i think it's all about perception um so yeah i i, I agree with you this did feel a little like two steps forward, three steps back for a lot of our characters in this episode. But I do think it is that reminder that like, yes, all of these characters are growing, but they can't grow too fast. You know what I mean? Like we have to see some flaws. And I think this was a big flaw episode for Freeman. I think it was a big flaw episode for our, um, our core group beyond Mariner mm-hmm. who in a way did sort of regress into her, most teenage self in some ways even though she went in with good intentions but as soon as she didn't get what she wanted out of those intentions she definitely was like well then i'm out i'm not gonna bother dealing with the emotional repercussions of this so i I think yeah i was gonna say you just you hit something mariah that i think you you helped me understand what i was struggling with and that is we've seen this this mariner in the last few see in the last few episodes who has avoided childlike behavior at almost mm-hmm. all costs, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. really been like, nope, I can't do it. When they're like, if I catch you on the ship, she's like, well, I'm not leaving. I'm staying here with Jennifer. Like like to the point where she's taking this uber seriously. Yeah. Yet we open with her tracking blueberry pie filling throughout the ship. Right. But in a way that she was like allowed to track blueberry pie. And we're going to talk about blueberry pie uh, in a minute. But um, it's blueberry pie. Anyway. Um. But I, I think my hot freak is this felt like the first part of a two-parter. And so I'm just really looking to see how they're going to wrap this up by the end of the season. With that, there is definitely stuff I enjoyed in this episode. There's definitely things that I found um, 
you know, it, I'm, I'm hoping there's a payoff and I don't feel like I can accurately judge this episode until I see the finale, which I know doesn't seem fair, but it felt so much like just a setup for the finale that it's hard for me to fully say whether or not I like loved this episode yet. Does that make I sense? Could, I could not agree more. Like yeah. I, I'm, this does feel like the setup episode. Like I'm, I'm looking and going, could I watch this episode alone by itself again? I'm like, I, I don't know. Cause it, it I'm, and I, I think that's the thing. I'm used to lower decks having these kind of self-contained episodes mm-hmm. where you can watch them and enjoy them much like TNG was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, this seems like you need a companion episode to it for it to, to really make a lot of sense. Yeah. Let's see what's going on over here in the chat. We've got Chibi with, I definitely need part two to really form a full opinion. Agree with you. This ep is uh-huh. like the girl who cried wolf. Mariner didn't get believed because of her previous behavior. Very good analogy there. Yep. Um, we have Kian with, I can see why nobody wants to go to Starbase 80. I really need to see the finale before I can decide what I think about trusted sources. Agreed. Why even have a Starbase 80, right? Like... I mean, a Rolodex for real. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, if you have backup systems are important, let me tell you what, as someone who has to manage a lot of very important uh, to me data for projects, I have so many backup systems. So if the Rolodex is a backup system and he's just too lazy to pull up the computer, why not? Listen, a a Rolodex is is like a backup, backup, backup system, right? It's like a, it's like a rotary phone. Right. Like there are other things that you can use before you get to that. I mean, I was impressed it was up to date with Mariner uh, not being there. True. Most Rolodex (laughs) I've dealt with are never up to date. Exactly. Right. But yeah, I mean, the Starbase 80 is a hot mess. Like, it's a hot mess. Um, I want to start back at the top of the episode. So we get this moment with, um, Captain Freeman is getting kind of her big time to shine. This project she's been championing for years is finally happening and she gets to go out and do it for the first time. But of course, uh, you know, in the true fashion, I think of like anyone who's ever worked for like a large organization before, there's always like additional motives to whatever project they've approved for you. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yes. I was like, you know, when you're pushing for something that you know is going to be something of value, but then they're like, oh, yes, I can see how this will be valuable, but I can add an additional value for things that we want, which are these unmanned ships and a way to test these out in a way that um, is splashy and spectacular. It's one of those things where I find like if you've got a really good idea and people jump at it early on, great. If you've got a really good idea or it's something that you think is a really good idea that they've been sitting on and waiting and waiting and waiting, and then out of the blue, it's like, hey, let's go for this. There are strings attached. There's a hidden agenda, something right there. Because there's a reason why they didn't go for it when you first brought it up, right? Now that they're, they're like, hey, been thinking about this for a while. I know it's been a year and a half. Suddenly. you know what? It's a good Great idea. idea. Great idea. There's there's something else. There's, yeah. There's something else. I, I like what Lee says. This is, yeah, he was definitely a total bad amigo. 
Yeah, that was a bad Texan, bad <laughs> Texas move there, my friend. Yes. Um, I did really. I, I don't. Have you seen the movie Stand by Me with Will Wheaton and yes, um, and Jerry O'Connell in it? Yes, I mean when you're when you're a kid, yeah, like that is one of the key movies. At least when I was a kid, that was one of like one of the top five movies you had to see. You had to see Stand by Me. You need to have seen Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You need to see Goonies, Gremlins, and maybe The Lost Boys. Um, like, Stand it's By Me was a classic. It's okay, a good okay. Do you remember the pie-eating scene from that movie? I, I try not to think about that whenever <laughs> possible. I feel uh, like that has to be where your reaction to who eats blueberry pie, I feel like it's a core probably. memory link to that movie yes and the fact that they specifically did blueberry pie on a show where we have jerry o'connell and we know will wheaton is in the star trek Mm -hmm. universe i felt like that could not have been like someone was like oh it could be a pie eating contest but we have to make it blueberry pie (laughs) yes some someone brought that link in and was like oh yes for any like that's a that's one of those deep easter eggs that you got to pull different pieces together um, but that's probably why I have the reaction to the idea of a blueberry pie eating contest that I do. Just Yeah. I rewatched that scene today because I was like, oh, this definitely has to be like a little bit of a tip of the hat, you know, to, to this movie. And it's hysterical as an adult, I think. So not, I'm not, I'm not purposefully trying to plug the Patreon, but earlier this afternoon, there was a whole discussion on the blueberry pie eating, um, scene and a link for anyone who had not seen oh seen the scene so it was a whole discussion and with visual aids like like you got to see it and then you got to discuss it see it then discuss it some more it was a whole thing um so i've seen it fresh and just even the stills were like yeah wow no blueberry pie for me yeah I um the other part of that scene is when Rutherford tears his shirt off. I felt like in a very Kirk-ish way, in a way, but it also reminded me of a Grey's Anatomy moment where Dr. Christina Yang is like, somebody sedate me. <laughs> when <laughs> when he's like, just phaser me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's where my mind went. I don't know if it's a reference to something else. I haven't been able to catch uh anything else or pinpointed to anything else in particular i've i've tried but there's been a recent um tiktok trend of people using the somebody sedate me so and i know that wasn't happening when they were writing this episode so but um i don't know it it could be there yeah there wasn't a whole lot for rutherford um or tendy in this episode no or warmler really like i know it was quite the bridge crew episode really Mm -hmm. um which I think was part of like, you know, we discussed uh, specifically about the peanut hamper episode, if that was a lower decks episode. And because this was such a heavy, um, like bridge crew set up, I'm assuming it's because our lower deck crew is going to have to be the ones that kind of bring Mariner out of her funk, right? Like the whole crew has to come back together to bring her back to the ship is what I'm assuming is going to happen. We'll see. I mean, um, I, I would imagine that you're going to end the season on a heavy lower deck crew. I mean, you began the season on a heavy lower deck episode, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, oddly enough, if we think about it, we began the season 
with the lower deckers trying to prevent Mariner from saving her mother on her mm-hmm. own. And now it looks like we're going to see the lower deckers try and save Mariner from her mother. In a way. Yeah. Or Mariner from herself in some ways too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we, we shall see how this um, plays out. So we have um, the reporter, uh, Nuse, which is a very funny name for a reporter from <laughs> FNN, um, coming onto the ship. Um, and they're going to hang out with the Onarians, uh, which is a group of people that Picard visited. Um, the mural depiction of like, oh, here's us waving goodbye to Enterprise, the Enterprise and being like, hilarious. this is so great. And then just the like chaos in the middle. And it's like, oh, yes, we've just swapped one addiction for another. But now it's fitness. And this is the acceptable addiction in most societies. <laughs> well, what got me about that was they're they're basically trying to say, hey, it was bad. But, you know, then we got over it. But what he says is, yeah, so it was a rough 10 or 14 years. Yeah. That's a long time. That's a long time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, uh, you know, one and a half, I don't know. I was, you know, a couple of bad presidencies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're two and a half almost. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it, I, I was hoping we were going to see more. Like I was really, I was interested in kind of this, this, swing by storyline of Mm -hmm. what happened to them i thought we were going to get really much more interaction with them and then seeing what happened with their sister planet it really felt like one of those one of those episodes where there was going to be some negotiation but i guess in my head i'm thinking that was traditionally more a tng episode where you have an hour and this is a you know a 25 minute yeah (laughs) 25 minute comedy yeah for sure um yeah it's it was interesting to see. I did like when she was uh, talking back to the Admiral and and he's just like, we'll check to make sure they don't have like a, a weird child president or like any yes. of these other tropes that we've seen throughout Star Trek. And then they eventually head um, towards the Brecca um, to see what's going on over there, which I don't know if we'll get to find out what happened to all of them beyond just the fact that the Breen came back and took over. We have not seen the Breen in a while, but this is probably one of my favorite things about lower decks is getting to pull some of these like characters we, and, and, you know, different species we haven't seen in a while. Um, And the Breen are terrifying. Absolutely. 100%. Um, terrifying and it's it's always one of those things it's kind of like when we were talking about um discovery and no not discovery uh strange new worlds and the gorn Mm -hmm. it's it's absolutely fascinating when you have a star trek enemy who kicks star trek's butt Mm -hmm. right Uh, because it doesn't happen that often yeah, it's truly like the Borg. I mean, the Klingons for a while early mm-hmm. on. And, and then, um, yeah, we, we get the a couple Dominion. of these. The Dominion. We get a, a species 8279, whatever that number is in Voyager. The only thing that like the Borg are scared of. Um, so, yeah, there's very few that I think truly feel like those like very ominous big bads. And the Breen are one of them for sure. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I was excited about the swing by episodes. Like I like that concept. Um, 
I mean, I felt like that could be an anchor to like a plot device going forward. So I was mm-hmm. actually kind of interested in that. And then we just didn't get it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we shall see. We did. Um, let me see here. Oh, uh, I wanted to ask you, like when Mariner is essentially walking through the ship and everyone is mad at her because they've all assumed the worst. Do you think that's really fair to her at this point in her character? No. No, for for a couple reasons. One, like one thing that we we're used to in Trek is someone gets accused of something and then there's a tribunal and Star Trek comes together, literally the pilot of this season, right? The Mm -hmm. premiere episode of the season. And, And then they're exonerated, right? So there's more than you know um, thought to be proven innocent there is this whole kind of ethos this this culture of finding the truth finding out the truth and in this situation no one has the truth it's all an assumption yeah and it, it seems strange to me i mean unless it's like all of the characters who actually spilled the beans were also mm-hmm. being mean to mariner and it's like if the captain is mad because all these bad stories have gotten to this reporter, have you just like not thought that these are potentially bad stories? Because the way they all delivered them, they were like, oh, here are these fun anecdotes of like things mm-hmm. that have gone awry. Um, and also to be fair to Captain Freeman and like this reporter, it's like if this reporter is up on all the nonsensory that's happened on the Enterprise, even under Picard, like the Cerritos is not that unique right. you know what i mean like <laughs> well, to your point though this it's not like anyone was lying right even right. It, it, so if mariner had done this like you're so mad because someone told the truth mm-hmm. about what was going on right like it and and i think that bugs me because what it says is like you're embarrassed of how things really are that you don't want anybody to know and the offense it's not that the what happened happened. It's that someone outside of the family knows about it. Right. And that gets us like, like, be authentic. Like, you know, if if you know, if you are kind of goofy, then own it. Yeah. I mean, truly the the worst thing that I think Freeman did was dismissing Mariner without any kind of true just cause. It was mm-hmm. just, I think you've done something to hurt my reputation and I'm going to let you go. To me, that is the only actual mistake Freeman has mm-hmm. made thus far as a captain. I I agree. And I mean, that was, it was harsh, right? Like you've damaged reputations and then you, you find out pretty quickly that you were wrong and it's too late. Like, and everybody, like even Jennifer, like mm-hmm. that's the other thing. Like this is this supposed to be your boo, right? Yeah. Like this is your significant other, you know. The person who likes that you are kind of an asshole to people. <laughs> right. And now like you're gonna disown them? Like that was it just felt like a lot. It like, did feel like a lot. And I yeah, I wish there had been, I don't know. I didn't I'm glad Mariner didn't actually like uh F it up, but like mm-hmm it felt like such a big reaction to something that had like no just cause beyond just this reporter being like, I talked to some crew and here's what I heard. 
And it was like, you could have just gone through logs and gotten almost all of that same information. You know what I mean? Like, I, I understand how Freeman especially went directly to, I told Mariner not to talk to the reporter. Mariner did talk to the reporter. So I'm assuming because she broke this rule, it means she did the, the quote unquote bad thing. But it's like, I thought Freeman was just when she was telling to the reporter, like, hey, like other ships have had all of these same problems. Like, why is this all of a sudden like me getting picked on? So I don't know if the reporter was also in on like the the thing with the admiral. But I mean, also, it's it it, it does seem indicative to sort of a lot of the media landscape currently too right like we're just chasing shiny objects and ways Mm -hmm. to spin things to be controversial even if they're not controversial and yes i'm I'm with you and i would add to that that two things one it kind of exposed that for freeman it really is about this 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 perception of like i wanted this and you may have damaged that but here's the Mm -hmm. thing even if Mariner had said those things, what was going to be the damage? Right. Like all of those things did happen. I'm assuming all those reports have been filed. You know, right. like. <laughs> and so, so people know, like, do you think at this point they're going to take swing by from you? Right. Like, is that what you were afraid of? Like, so you banished your daughter to Starbase 80 because, because you didn't get a type of assignment that you wanted, like that seemed like an overreach. And then when we look back on it from a Starfleet standpoint, now I'm looking and going, they knew the brain was there. Mm-hmm. They knew what was going to happen because they were ready. Yep. Right. Yeah. That ship appeared real fast. They didn't even have time to, to announce a distress call. They were in the heat of it. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden the Alameda or no, the, uh, the, um, the USS uh, Alito. Alito, um, which is a small town outside of Houston, I think. Uh, I don't know why. But we could, I guess I did. I did think it was hilarious uh, that the Texas class ships apparently don't have any people on board and they're essentially drones. I was like, that feels somehow correct for Texas in a weird way. Like the, I, mean, po- I will say the politics of Texas, not the actual people of Texas. The majority of the people of Texas, it's uh, outside of Fort Worth. Fort Worth, um, okay. Actually, yeah. that. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I, I wanted to ask though. So the USS Alito, right, is this like crazy powerful like drone? What would you have the USS Austin do? <laughs> oh man, the USS Austin cannot be a drone. It's got to be a, a funky crew. Of a bunch of people who argue with each other constantly. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I think it's like a music venue ship. You know, yes. it's like an entertainment venue. It just like goes around and like you go on there for like churros and tacos and like um, like good music. But then inevitably the crew all like argues with each other about whether the the east deck versus the west deck versus the north yes. deck is the best. <laughs> it, it would also be a crew that refuses to get updates right oh 100 percent. they'd be like hey we have this new warp core out we don't want it well, no, we, no. we want to keep the uss austin the uss austin it's got to be authentic <laughs> yes don't you know and they would say things like don't alito my austin yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't enterprise my austin 
all of this. Don't California class our Texas ships. Ooh, they would definitely, under no circumstances, would they accept transfers from any California class ships. No, no. They'd get nope. really mad at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that would be... I, I hope it makes an appearance. I would really enjoy whatever they played with with that. It shows up fine. for the uh, Ship City Limits um, Festival. <laughs> no, the Alpha Quad, the Alpha Quadrant Limits Festival. <laughs> um. <laughs> the AQCL. <laughs> Delta Quadrant by by Alpha Quadrant Film Festival. Yes. All right, we're gonna just keep making weird Austin inside puns yes. <laughs> in relationship. To there Star are people Trek. listening to us from you know Boise, Idaho. That's like I don't know what's going on with these two. They're yeah, off the, the rails. The Canadians are like I don't know what you're talking about anymore. Yes, over our happening? heads. Um, yeah. So Mariner does get uh, reassigned to Starbase 80. The two guys show two incompetent dudes show up. They give her a really ugly yellow jumpsuit um, and a sandwich falls out of it. <laughs> that was the worst. Like, I was like, wow, this is bad. But when that sandwich falls out, I was just like, turn around and go back. Like, well, that's probably so she probably just speed dialed mm-hmm. our. Um, uh, oh, what's her name? I wrote it down. Petra. Uh, she probably just uh, speed dialed Petra and was like, get me out of here. I'm ready to go live my best Indiana Jones life. Um, <laughs> let's do this thing. Okay. Let, let's, let me go with a, a, a conspiracy theory. Okay. Okay. This just came to me. So bear with me. Okay. I'm ready. We uh, got a Clyde theory moment, y'all. Here we I go. don't have a banner for it, but. It's all a plot. It's, it's a whole plot to. And what we have is Mariner and Freeman are on it. So she banished her to Starbase 80. She got kicked off so that she, so she could be rogue, go inside, and they're going to they're gonna understand the whole plot with the Breen from the outside. Yes. Mm. And somehow Section 31 is involved with I mean, uh, Boimler's clone. Yeah. They've brought up... Um, yeah, Section 31's been brought up now with the Boimler um, clone. And it's a very interesting theory, Clyde. I'm pondering. I was also then set off on a, a tangent because uh, Chippy asked who voices Petra. She sounded so familiar. Her name is Georgia King. Um, you've seen her and she's been in like a bunch of stuff, most notably the new normal, I think maybe um, vice prince. Oh, she's also in vice principal. She's very charming. Um, she's Scottish. Anyway, tangent done. Um, I'm actually on my own tangent. So keep going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm thinking about this, this theory you have now posed because it did feel so like bananas to get this big of a reaction. Huge. Huge reaction. But the fact that then we do get that moment though with maybe Mariner is in on it, but I don't know if Captain Freeman is in on it. I don't know. I don't know. Because like her like emotional moment at the end there where she's just like, Mariner, where are you? Like that felt really real to me. And I feel like if I hadn't seen that, I'd be more into this theory. But um 
but yeah, there could be something there. Cause we also still have all of the Rutherford stuff that we haven't really connected all of the dots to yet about his eye implant. And, um, yeah, we've got, uh, uh, old dirty Basta says, uh, Petra is section 31. That could be Ooh. interesting. Um, and then Carolyn, we have, I like that. Um, but Mariner cried real tears and captain seemingly legitimately enraged at Mariner. I know that's my only, I want your theory to be right Clyde because it felt like such a jump, but it like, I don't know. Okay. Don't so know. look in, in all fairness, if anything, you know about me, I'm mostly still even through all of the last two years, I'm still mostly an optimist. Mm-hmm. So when I think about the fact that, this mother-daughter relationship has been fractured, I have to make meaning out of it. And so to me, it's like, well, how does this make sense? And I get a happy ending, Mm -hmm. but I'm over here and I'm looking at some of the stills um, from the episode and oh my goodness, the emotion on these faces are just so big. Like, I'm like, do I, do I really believe that Freeman is that good of an actor, an actor? I mean, I'm not talking about Don, Don Lewis. I'm the, talking Don about, Lewis is incredible. Yes, but she's phenomenal. <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, Jalisa. But um, I'm just saying, free Captain Freeman. Could she act that well? I don't know because the the emotions are just so big. Yeah, I don't know. I really, I, know I, I really, their relationship has come so far in the last three seasons. I just, I would hate for it to fracture and break I, like this. I do think it's interesting, though, that we've kind of flipped the relationship, though, because normally it is Mariner who has made the really big mistake and is trying to make it up to her mom. And now we have this big role reversal where essentially Freeman has to find a way to make up for the mistake, which I do think is interesting from like a writerly perspective, right. To like flip that relationship on its head and have Mariner who has made great strides. And because she's made all of these big strides, this blow to her is so much bigger. So might be backtracking on everything we just said. And I'm like, I get it. <laughs> I get why all of that is so big. Yeah, Because you have all of this built up where like essentially Mariner has followed all of the rules and they've been on this edge about like she's going to mess up in what way is she going to mess up and then this mess up felt so big but then in turn it was actually Freeman's mess up and not Mariner's. Yeah and I don't know. I I also want I I desperately want Freeman to just accept Mariner for who she is. Mm-hmm. And 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 more than that, to appreciate what Mariner brings to the table, because at the end of the day, Mariner does a lot of really good stuff for this crew. Right. And so yeah. just kind of a, stop trying to get her to conform and and try and get to just appreciate who she is and who she's become. And she's trying so hard. Right. Like it's, it's kind of like Mariner has has made all of these strides. Captain Freeman, what have you done? Yeah, I think it's a it's a gut check for her. I did also, one of the other characters I was surprised with this episode was Ransom, because I felt like he had also had a bit of progression, but then we essentially went back to, like, inappropriate flirting, big muscle man, like, yes. <laughs> moments the whole way through, um, which I felt like, I don't know, well, I guess he... 
I feel like we haven't seen as much of Ransom this season as we have in previous. Um, so when I, I, I think when we finally got a lot of these bigger moments, this episode with him, it felt a little like backtracky in some ways. Yes, I agree. And to be honest with you, like, like if you're doing all this weightlifting and what you bench is 250, Bro, that's not a lot. Like, well, do you think that's pounds or because it's impressive? It's if it's um, kilos. Uh, I I've never heard anyone say. Okay, one I've never heard anybody go. Yeah, man, I bench two hundred and fifty kilos, but I'm know, in America. It's, yeah, it's Star Trek. <laughs> and if he literally benched five hundred and fifty one point one five six pounds that's what he bent then the vein in his neck would be so thick <laughs> right if he had yeah. a neck at all right true um that it would i would be concerned right he'd literally be walking around like this i can't put my arms <laughs> just down. no neck all, no neck. all. I can't, can't put my arms down he'd be like he'd be like can you get that up on that shelf no nah, man i can't lift that high <laughs> arms don't go up that far yeah so um, i anyway I, I i agree with you though like all in all it did seem like he reverted back to goofy like mm-hmm. and i feel like we've seen so much more of him lately yeah like i felt like he was really taking on like that leadership role and checking on mariner and trying to keep her like in line so to me i felt like he was really coming into his own and so again we get a little bit of this like um reverting back to a lot of these old ways but i i also wonder if it's like under the psychology of like having a the idea of having a camera in your face and like reverting back to spaces that maybe are more comfortable for you in Mm -hmm. or like wanting to perform for this camera um which could be interesting but yeah it was it was weird to see him kind of go back to that um but I also think this episode was one of the few where I wasn't like the joke density was much lower this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering if some of this was because they were like, we have to put some laughs in here. That's where yeah. I felt like the ran- the ransom stuff came in. That's where like the um, Rutherford, like just phase me moment was maybe the biggest laugh I had the whole episode. Um yeah. Well, like like Chimpy says, glutes are cute, but obliques are for freaks. That was a funny line. That was a funny line. Like yeah. it, it it was funny. Now to your point, it is inappropriate flirting, right? Like, mm-hmm. like but I mean, I funny. guess she's not, you know, she's not a coworker, so it's like maybe it's just like fresh, fresh meat on the ship in a weird way. <laughs> um you know, it's not someone he works with, which I guess is fine. But that reporter was not into it. And as soon as you see that someone's not into it, you got to give up on the flirting, y'all. One try. That's it. <laughs> yes. Then it's got to stop. <laughs> yes. <laughs> once. You get to ask once. Yeah. And then. I don't know if you're. Are you watching I am. Reboot? I am. Yeah, I am. That's I where that came in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I knew exactly where you are. Reboot is funny. Again, but having had a career in HR, spot on. Yeah. <laughs> the first time is okay, but the first time you get a no, you are done. <laughs> yep. That's it. That's the stop sign, and it's not moving. <laughs> um, 
I, what else? Oh, we did get a funny moment. I thought with um, me, Dr. Miglimo on the bridge calling his Mima. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that dude. Um, Every time he shows up, I'm just like, why? <laughs> like, I, I appreciate it for the absurdity, especially because it is an animated show. So like, if you can have like, you know, we have reoccurring characters that are not humanoids, which I think is the fun of this show but um but yeah i thought that was really silly i my favorite part about that though was not so much like i gotta call my mima so she could see it was that when freeman walked in she looked up and was like mima like this has happened like, before <laughs> <laughs> like and dismissed it like she wasn't like completely surprised it was like it was more like again like what are you Ugh. yeah or I mean that's funny to me and then another layer would be just that like she is that familiar with all of her like her crew like her main crew like bridge crews like family extended family which I think is also like an interesting character moment for her to to realize that she's like aware that Meagly Mo calls his mom Mima. <laughs> Jeez, it's just so much. Um, let's see. Kieran uh, says, I cannot imagine that Miglimo passed the bridge officer's training course like Crusher or Troy to be put in command. I mean, this, uh, this, I don't know. Maybe he tests well. I have maybe. no idea. It's possible. Yes, that was funny. I love that everyone knew Mima. Boimler knew how to call her. Carol knew her. <laughs> uh like why is your Mima on speed dial like that is just it's so just like oh just press nine for Mima. <laughs> she'll pop up on the view screen it's like when i when i first started interning um i had a i had a boss who every morning we had a 9 a.m stand-up and he started the stand-up by calling his mom right like that's what he would do so well, he would right call his mom hey mom we're all here just want to say good morning and everybody in the room would be like, hi, Mrs. I'm not going to say his last name. And and she was like, hi, everybody. And we end up the call. And so it became just a regular thing. So maybe this is kind of something they do. When he starts his bridge shift, maybe he just calls his meatball and say, hey, how you doing? Like, it seems weird to me that that would be something you do on the bridge of a starship. But again, I've lived it. So maybe it's the same thing. <laughs> that might be even funnier Clyde that that <laughs> happened in real life and not just from the brains of a comedy writer's room who oh. said what's an absurd thing we could do with Beagley Mo on the bridge call his mom <laughs> I'll I'll listen there was the break room had Patron in it so I'll share some stories it was a wild ride that, that yeah that sounds intense and <laughs> it was a wild ride it was the the dot-com age and Wall Street so it was Everybody was flush with cash <laughs> and having a good time. Good time. <laughs> Too much of a good time. And then everything crashed. Um, Quickly, yes. And yes. it's about to crash again. Um, <laughs> you say that. <laughs> I saw a house go down in percentage here, Clyde and Austin. It's coming. Oh, no. That's never happened before. Yeah, oh. I know. <laughs> it's coming. Anyway, to get off of uh, sad topics. Um I'm really excited for the finale. Uh, I'm excited for Prodigy next week. Um, was there anything else in this particular episode we did not get to, Clyde, that you wanted to chat about? 
Well, I mean, we've talked about Mima. We've talked mm-hmm. about a shirtless Rutherford. We've uh, <laughs> that I rip mean, was impressive. That was like a full listen, full uniform rip. <laughs> listen, like it. Listen, if you've, it was impressive. Because it's hard it's not, to rip a shirt. It's, that's what I was gonna say. It's hard. Like a lot of people will like you like you, yeah, snip like, it. When you see you shows can, and they do it, yeah, or or it's, it's like it's got buttons on it, you know. So something, like, yes, yeah. But that's like this is a Star Trek like uniform, like this yeah. is quilted, and that was like, a shred, not just like a, a rip. shred. Like he <laughs> tore it off, like it was yeah. just like he he looked like he was on, about to be on a cover of one of those romance novel yeah. novels that you get in the grocery store, like, all for pie, for pie, yes, for pie. Like I was like, yo, Rutherford, you. Been, I did want to you, know what he meant by expanding his GI track. How does one do that? <laughs> I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. This is a family show, Mariah. We can't. We can't probably go there. Like, uh, um, no. But I, I thought all in all, like, there's some interesting moments. But this is definitely part one. So again, what they've done is that my expectation meter has raised pretty mm-hmm. high. And I'm expecting to be like to come back next week and be like, "Yo, did you see the finale? Like, I need more lower. That's where I'm expecting to be when this is all said and done." Yeah, I think the last thing I'll say is I thought the animation around the um, uh, ship fight with the Breen was great. Like the ships mm-hmm. looked great. The the like um, movements and the explosions. I thought it was all very impressive. So I thought it it. They they almost looked like like a reg like a live action Trek show ship moving through an animated space. So I thought that was interesting and and pretty cool. Yeah, I mean it was it, it was definitely fascinating. I wanted to see more. Um, I did think that like when they were trying to break in and it stopped and it left like almost like a happy face. Mm-hmm. Like like there were a lot of nice little touches. Like that was pretty cool. And so. Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, there's some good touch moments in here, but I do feel like I'm just waiting for next week. Yeah, yeah, agreed. All right, y'all. I think that is it for us this evening. Next week, expect a jam-packed episode. Paul will be back. We're gonna have two Star Trek shows to talk about next week. What a bounty of riches! Um, thank you all again. We will be back next Thursday. You can uh, subscribe, rate, and review on Apple, and you can find links to everything and more at StarTrekPod.co. Clyde, can you tell people where we are on the Twitters? You can hit us up at Star Trek Pod on our socials. Thank you for Karen, who runs our Twitter. We appreciate you, Karen. Thank you. Um, that is it. We will see you next time. Live long and prosper. Bye bye.